What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 206, not 105, or apparently we have two 203s on the podcast feed. I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, apparently after 200, everything just went haywire, so i got to do a little reorganizing there. But uh, we got some, some baseball talk for you as we approach the halfway point of the uh, 2023 season. Uh, yours truly is solidly in first place of his fantasy league going for my fourth title. Uh, been a while since I had one. I won three out of four years and then it's been quite a drought. So looking to climb that mountain again. Uh, it's a lot lot of season left to go, but I had a lot of really good, uh, pickups that were kind of sleepers and everything's kind of working out so far. Um, we'll see how the second half goes though. (laughs) Um, and uh, speaking of second half, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for the Angels. And that may be, seem a weird place to start with our discussion of baseball at the just about halfway point of the season. Uh, but, I mean, they have two of the best players in the game. One of the most dynamic players. In fairness, actually, Trout is also one of the most dynamic players I've ever seen. Uh, just yeah. not at two positions or, or two both sides of the ball. Just one of the true five tool players I can remember seeing in the past I don't know how many how many years uh there's a, there's a few coming up now that like they might be able to hang with him uh Wander Franco down in Tampa Bay looks like he could be an uh, all category star for the next 10 15 years uh and that that kid uh De La Cruz from the the uh Reds uh looks awesome as oh. well um and I'm probably forgetting a few you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. Juan Soto but uh you know everybody else that is underperforming on the Padres. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, you have Trout, who, who, you know, some people will say on the offensive side of the ball is arguably the best player in the game, one of the best players I've ever seen in our generation. Shohei Otani, a true generational talent. They have both of those guys, and they're only four back in the wild card, seven back in the division. However, uh, as of yesterday, both those guys are now dealing with injuries. Uh, Trout's much more concerning than Shohei's uh, because he can potentially still swing a bat. He has a blister on his on his pitching hand, was taken out of the game. That can heal up. He's not going to pitch in the All-Star game. He's hoping he can heal up by the time he has his next start, and if he's fine after that, then he's good to go, no problems. Trout, on the other hand, potential six to eight weeks. Uh, he'll be out with a broken wrist. Uh, however, the problem with this particular injury is apparently you can't do a whole lot of working out at all while you have it you can't even work like some muscles so you do lose some strength and consistency while you're out um and you texted me yesterday after trial went down and you said Shohei is getting traded 100 percent, no doubt it's a lock i'm not necessarily on that train just yet uh but because only because i don't think they'll ever get the return they want for him i think that's the big thing i know there's the, the argument of get something better than nothing but when you're talking about a player of his caliber, you're almost better off letting him walk and getting the compensatory draft picks uh, than, or however they do it in baseball, than you are trading him to a, he's only going to want to go to a contender. They're not right. going to trade him to a, a junk team just to get rid of him. Uh, you're going to continue him to contender to give up probably a major league ready arm and bat, uh, if not already currently in the majors. So you're going to be giving up quite a haul to get 
you know, the most dynamic player I can remember seeing in our lifetime, truthfully. I know that's a little dramatic, but I don't remember anybody ever making an impact on the game the way Shohei has all around and all aspects of it. Why are you so certain, without a doubt, Shohei gets moved hands down? Uh, well, I'll preface it by saying I did not know at the time he had a blister issue. Right. So That's not going to stop anybody, uh, though. It'll give people pause, but I don't think it's going to stop. Um, trying to find exactly what I texted you. Uh, oh, yeah, see, 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 you're taking my words and you're tweaking them a little bit. I said Shohei is gone from the Angels 100% lock. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I, I didn't remember saying traded 100%. But, however, I still think I would. I will say now for sure. I think he's going to get traded. Well, I thought you and meant traded. I thought you meant now at the deadline. No, I, I meant like I was given a broad statement. Oh, okay. Of he'll be gone from the Angels when that'll happen. Uh, but I, I will go by that statement though now, because um, as, as you put out the what the exact injury is, uh, it's going to limit him. I don't. Th- and I just looked at his stats. Is he having a a bad season? No. He's having a good season. Not great. Um, do we expect great from Mike Trout? Yes. But we do have to realize he's venturing into the uh, latter part of his career. He is plus 30 now. So um, not to say he's losing anything, but he's hitting 263 when – his career average is 301. He's, his strikeouts are up. He doesn't steal much anymore. So, and he is getting injured a little bit more consistently. I will say uh, Shohei, as you pointed out, brings a unique, um, a uniqueness to him that he can affect both, both sides of ball. And I think that's what could get them a return that very little can, little people can get uh, from from different teams. Um, like when Mookie got be- uh, dealt, that was off season, but he got dealt. Juan Soto got dealt mid season. Uh, even Manny Machado got dealt mid season. Even though I will agree, they are not going to get the equal talent and effect that. They're gonna get, they're gonna receive when um when he's pitching for them or hitting for them, uh, the fanfare, the return on the investment they put on him. I don't. They'll never meet. They'll never match that. However, if you just get the, I, I think you're right. I think it's like a compensatory pick. Um, that's not gonna match at all. Uh, the talent they could receive, and I think trading him you give yourself an opportunity to one uh potentially unload a contract that is unappealing to anybody uh and two you can get that return investment uh somewhat in major league and minor league parts you have multiple teams that would probably go out and and desire to get him I mean, just pick pick your team, Chris. 
there are teams that just have talent. Braves still have talent. The Reds, as scary as it is, they have talent that they can part with. Um, the Dodgers, who I, I texted you yesterday, just lost Dustin May. Um, Clayton, Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw got scratched from his start. I don't remember if he hit the IL or not. So the Dodgers are always in play. Um, you got to think the Padres are they're they're rumored to be in play for Shohei in the offseason. You got to imagine they might be in play now because they are drastically underperforming. Do they need more talent? No, they need their talent that they currently have to perform. Um, but and then you just you know that even as as crazy as it sounds. I would even put the Rays as an option to go get them just because one, the talent pool that they have uh, in the farm system could get him uh, to come. It's a push to go for a championship that they, you know, they're in prime position. It, it fills the pitching need. It fills a hitting need that they have potentially. And do they have the money to sign him? No, but if there is a player to, to unload for, it might be Shohei, but I think there is plenty of suitors out there that, that need the pitching, need the hitting. They can solve that in one foul swoop and really make a push because there's a lot of teams that are sitting top heavy in their division uh, that really haven't won recently. And I think they wanna, they're going to want to push to, to make a move at this trade deadline in the bad teams out there. I don't know if you looked at it, Chris, the bad teams are really, really bad. Yeah. And I don't know if there's much that you're going to want to kind of take from those teams. And, and the teams that have pieces, they're, they're in the race. And obviously one team we're, we, we talk about is the Red Sox. They're fairly convinced that they're in the race. So they're not going to they're not going to be selling. And like you said, the Angels are still in the race, but they just lost their two best players, one for a long time, and the other one, who knows how, when he'll pitch, pitch again. Uh, maybe it's just one start, but he is one of their better pitchers. So that is a problem. Yeah, let's let's not forget either. This is people can say, oh well, they've only have Trout and Otani. Well, they've they've went out and they've tried to get other players too. I mean, this is a, a God. How many years ago was it now? Four years ago, they went out and got Anthony Rendon, which the contract looks abysmal now. I mean, <laughs> let's uh, you know me. I love the stats. I pulled up the, in 2019 when the Nationals won the World Series, which sounds like a foreign statement now. Uh, he <laughs> played in 146 games, which um, he's barely played in that combined the past four years, yep. including this year. Uh, he had 44 doubles, 174 hits, 126 RBIs, 34 homers, even stole five bases, had a 319 average. And this guy was a pretty hot commodity in free agency, so the Angels threw the bag at him. And, I mean, I had him on my fantasy team this year, and he has – I just released him because I needed the spot on the injured list for uh, a pitcher. And mm -hmm. uh, I just – it wasn't worth it. I'm not going to get any kind of value out of him. I can I can take some young kid who would take a chance on him and maybe maybe get a hit uh, on a good young prospect as opposed to 
I mean, he just came off the injured list, and now he has a bruised shitty. I'm going to go right back on it. This will be his third or fourth stint on the injured list this year. I mean, and it's like, I hate to make fun of it because, obviously, it's clearly not something a guy wants. Like, no. he wants to be out there competing and playing, but it's like, I mean, he, I don't believe he started a season. I think he started a season on the injured list, came off, went right back on, came off, was off for about two weeks, and even the write-up on the uh, Yahoo Fantasy site was, well, Rendon's been due to go back in the IL. It's been about 10 days. <laughs> and it's like, unfortunately, that's just how it's been. Uh, right. Trout, they got a lot of money invested in Trout still. And, I mean, he's worth it when he's healthy. Uh, but, like you said, last year he missed a good portion of the season. I know I had him on my fantasy team last year, and I said never again because you pay top dollar for him. And then if he gets cool. hurt, you know, I did my, my old strategy of instead of Trout, I went with I, – I got three other guys – uh, that are like mid-level that are performing great. I got Alex Verdugo, Wander Franco, and uh, Matt Chapman <laughs> instead of uh, Trout. And you combine all the stats and everything. And I and it, it's it's I mean Wander is amazing. Uh, yeah. Verdugo is better than he gets credit for, uh, but he's not Mookie, so he'll never get that credit because we always are going to compare him naturally to Mookie because that's who he was traded for. Uh, and Chapman is, you know, he's doing the best he can in Oakland. Well, that's that's not uh, not Oakland. Um, a different Chapman. Matt Olson, I'm thinking of, not Chapman. Who if anyone went to the Braves? Uh, Chapman's Cha- with the Blue Jays, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wrong team. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean they, they they've tried and it hasn't worked. I mean maybe maybe instead of trying to go for the biggest free agent every couple of years, they did it with Pujols. Didn't win any championships with Pujols. You know, he did it with some pitchers. You know, he had like, like Dallas, uh, Dallas Keishel, and a couple of years ago it was Keishel and uh, uh, somebody else they picked up. And everybody's like, "Oh, the Angels are going to be this and that," and none of they didn't even remotely pan out. Uh, maybe instead of just trying to get the biggest name you can, right? Maybe go for some really, really solid role players who are going to cost you about a third of the money overall. You know, maybe it's just better off to have consistency in those positions than it is to have superstar all-star, you know, players uh, who are hurt a third, half, two thirds at a time and sell jerseys. Uh, it's not, you're going to, you're going to make a lot more revenue off players who can stay healthy. Uh, so some of the most popular jerseys for the Red Sox during, during the time when they were really competitive the last couple of decades, what, what, you know, guys like Trot Nixon, Bill Miller, uh, uh, um, Mike Lowell, Mike Lowell. That's what I was thinking of Mike Lowell. I mean, Mike Lowell was huge. People loved Mike Lowell. I mean, uh, even like Johnny Gomes and stuff for for a short period of time, when he had you know the uh, or or Mike Napoli when he had the crazy uh, picture of him running around shirtless after they won the World Series in Boston in the middle of October at the end of October, uh, it, it's like you don't always have to go with the biggest name. That's not always what's going to help your team the most. And teams like the Rays have figured that out. They've let they've traded away multiple players, and people are like, why would you move that guy right now? And to be fair to the Rays, the majority of the time it ends up working out in the favor. Like they've they traded Blake Snell. Blake Snell hasn't been himself since he left. Austin uh, Meadows. What's that? Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows. Uh, that kid a couple years ago. For, they had that kid a few years ago. They hadn't even got him back. I forgot what his name is now. But um, oh, they traded him to uh, Pittsburgh. Was it? Was it Pittsburgh they traded him to? Can't remember his name now. Chris, you're talking about Chris Archer. Chris Archer. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I know, but, yeah, but still, they had him, and he, people were like, why would you move him when they moved him? Actually, and, and then Chris, he never traded, really panned out. They traded him for a pitcher and an outfielder, and the outfielder 
was um, Austin Meadows. Oh, <laughs> uh, which is funny. And then I don't know where I don't remember where they traded Austin. Um, they traded him to um, they traded him to Detroit. I want to say or he's Austin Meadows is somewhere and it's he's not producing. So it's they they know that, yeah he's on the Detroit Tigers and he's on the sixty day DL. He's doing absolutely nothing. His stats since since leaving the Rays have just they they clocked out at the right time for Austin Meadows. He had an mm-hmm. MVP, not an MVP, but an All Star kind of season in twenty twenty one, and the past two seasons he's played a combined forty two games. Forty two yeah. games. Yeah, they clocked out. They it, I don't know what it is. Is you know David Price? Yeah. He had some success. He won a World Series. Was he as good as he was with with Tampa anywhere else? No, he wasn't. But they're able to they're able to make these trades um, and build the roster. Oh, they 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 um, they got Isaac Paredes, uh, a competitive balance B pick in the twenty twenty two draft. So I'm sure they. They got somebody that's good. So isn't Paredes doing pretty good for him too? Um, not 100% sure, but I, I've seen his name around for the Rays. But they just acquire talent. And and, and it's not it, – it's just a structure they've been built around for so many years. It's not like you can take an executive out of there and just say, okay, let's just copy what they're doing. Yeah, tried. We know Didn't that. Work. Yeah, yeah, no, we, <laughs> we know tried. that because because Heim Bloom is from Tampa structure, and all he's done is just. I, I honestly, I don't know what he's done. He's just clueless on what to do, and. Um, he's I'm dismantled think, the basis uh, of a competitive team. That's what he's done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Farhai Didi uh, out in uh, the LA Dodgers. Now he's had some success, but. He's balanced building a farm system and his scouting department and his sabermetric department by also spending money, too, because they're one of the highest payroll teams in the league. And they have been for the past decade plus. And that's the advantage the Dodgers have. That's why they're competitive each year. Why the Rays are competitive once every three, I'd say, what, every three years? Sound about Bart? Around there, right. yeah, they're usually a de- three, you know, playoff years. contenders every two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah, but they're pretty. They have a schedule. They know what they're. They know how to manage their roster. They know how to manage their money, and that's where some people teams fall short. Let's do what the Rays do, but they ignore the fact that they can spend big money, or let's just spend big money, and just ignore how to build the farm system, roster, all that stuff. So. This is where the Angels have been the past 10, 12 years that they had Trout. It's just they put, they try to put supporting staff around them. They just don't pick the right people. Hey, and I'll tell you one thing about the Rays. I don't, I, I, I don't like the way they've, I don't want to say ruined pitching, but they've adjusted the way pitching's done with the openers and, the, and whatever. But when it comes to managing talent and maximizing the most for, for what you have available to you, They've taken what Billy Bean did in Oakland with Moneyball and weaponized that, man. They have made that legit. I mean, come a couple of outs away from a World Series several times, 
And it would not it, it would never surprise me anymore to see the Rays as one of the top teams in baseball, which they are right now, still right now. After they won yeah. an incredible streak to start the year, they've really still hung on and been great. Um, <clears throat> I think the Braves have a better record right now, but I mean, still to have the the payroll you do and to know, like you know, Wander Franco is not going to be a lifetime member of of the Tampa Bay Rays. Now that he doesn't like Tampa Bay, nothing nothing against him, nothing against the organization. They're not a big market. They'll never be a big market. And they don't have the money to sign this kid if he keeps going the way he's going to the three or $400 million contract he's going to sign. Uh, and, and, I mean, as far as guys doing great there and then leaving and not performing, it, it's, honestly, it's a lot like a lot of the Patriots free agent departures in football where it's like they come in, they perform really well, and then – they go get that bag in free agency, and uh, it's really some some guys are fine, a few here and there, others don't. Um, and for the Rays, and unfortunately for us Red Sox fans, there's there's no better example of that for, than Carl Crawford, who in Tampa looked to all the world like an annual MVP candidate. And I know as crazy as that sounds, with the last couple of years of his career, how badly that went, uh, this guy was amazing. And he signed a huge contract with the Red Sox. And it was the same offseason we traded for Adrian Gonzalez and thought, man, or or did we, was he a free agent or did we trade for him? Either way. Um, I mean, we were like, oh, my God, this team is set for the next decade. And uh, like a year and a half later, they're all traded to the Dodgers because Crawford just couldn't handle something about that system. Like it just – and I don't mean this in like a, 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 a um, condescending way, but like it just – it nurtures the psyche of a young player – properly right. to where they feel confident in their ability and then they get out in the real baseball world and they're like oh i either can handle this or can't handle this and most of them can't uh and whatever the rays are doing is working because they're they're gonna at some point turn and trade wander and they're gonna get a freaking haul for them they're gonna trade all the other talent and, and who knows how they go i think someone like franco will be fine but you never know well and... they, they also gave him a huge contract too Wander? Yeah. Well, huge for them. Well, yeah, huge for them, but that's to your point that we'll put so let's uh twenty twenty seven is when he makes twenty two million. So he breaks yeah, he breaks the twenty million mark in twenty twenty seven. And that'll that's the last year of arbitration would have been. So you're saying he gets traded I, in twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. Yeah, the round there, yeah. And then and then Chris, he will have a Two for six-year contract, where each year it's twenty-five million, and then twenty thirty-two, uh, twenty-five million. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty thirty-three. He has a, a two-million-year club option. You and I both know within three, four years he's going to be traded. That'll be restructured. He'll end up getting top market value. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. how it goes. Like that's how it goes. He'll end but, up. He'll get traded somewhere, and it'll be oh, it's a trade and a four hundred million dollar extension beginning next year. Like that's how it, you know. And that's how they do it. They've done this many times with like oh, one yeah. player. They'll do it. They did it with Longo. Now they kept Longo longer than most people thought, mm -hmm. but they did trade him for for pieces. They did it with Chris Archer. So it's it's how they build their team, and it's a fixed cost each and every year that they know they have, and when they creep up to that that 15, 20 million mark, that's when they're going to start saying, okay, it's, uh, it's probably time because their, their budget right now uh, is 76 million. So 25 would be 
what yeah a third a third of their just about a third of that yeah not not feasible no and and we're not gonna get in a conversation about what the floor should be for the salary and what the 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 max should be but like the difference between them and the mets are it's insane but yet the mets are where they're at mm-hmm. and the and and you can't say that they're not the Rays aren't in competitive division, they are. Oh yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays are one of the most talented teams. Yankees spend money. Baltimore's a surprise. Red Sox are the Red Sox right now. They're in a competitive division. They're in a competitive league. It's just that they're they they identify when they're done with a player. They identified Austin Matthews. We're, we're all set with him. Let's go get Isaac Paredes, who, by the way, I checked. He's got, like, 15 home runs productive. If they had Austin Meadows right now, they wouldn't have him. So it's it's just smart baseball, what they do. Do I like some of the things they, that they do? No, not really. You pointed out the, the opener. I don't like that very much. However, if they get a pitcher that can pitch and is a starter – they do allow him to pitch. The guy you brought up, uh, Blake Snell. Yep. They treated him like a regular starting pitcher. That's why he had the numbers he had. He was in the Cy Young contention when he was there. He was. They were very close to winning a World Series with him. But they cut bait at the right time. So the the Angels at some point setting aside Shohei, they're gonna have to look at. Mike Trout and say, is there a point that we have to say it's time? Yeah, I mean, so I'm on I'm on Pro Baseball Reference. I'm trying to find the the, the list of uh, like teams uh, team spending because to the point I've been trying to make some of the lowest uh, lowest. Um, Teams with the lowest payroll are by far the most competitive teams this season, and it's crazy. Well, I'm sure the Reds are. Uh, the re- Reds are uh, first in the division. Uh, you have the Cardinals, who are never really ridiculous with money, but aren't afraid to spend. The Cubs, same. And then you have the Pirates, the Brewers in second place, a game behind the first place Reds. Uh, and, oh. and look at look at the uh, look at the NL West. Arizona Diamondbacks, first place, two and a half up front of the Dodgers, who have like a $3 billion payroll or something like that. Right. Um, and then uh, the, the Padres, one of the highest payrolls now, down at the bottom. Same with the Mets. Or Padres are almost on the bottom. They're uh, actually, no, they're still seven games in front of the Rockies, who are just abysmal. But 40 and 46 are the, are the Padres. Uh, I mean, look at the Mets. I mean, and the Mets are kind of. You brought them up. They're they're kind of the exact opposite of what teams like the Rays and apparently the Reds and Diamondbacks have been doing. Is they had a really good core of players, and and it was working, and and, and that's why I said you cannot you cannot buy chemistry. Like it's not something you can just put together. You have it or you don't, and you have to have somebody and a front office personnel who realize attitudes and temperaments and all these things that work together or don't, and. Instead of, like, I, I don't, I don't fault the Mets for going out and trying to get Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. The problem is, both those guys 
are in the latter part of their career and they've had the wagon hitched to them. They've been the horses for their team for a long time, and it's funny that they're finally on the same team again uh, after uh, starting out in Detroit, and, and, and they were so dominant. And I, I can't really blame Steve Cohen for going, well, I have the money to spend. Right. It's it's a couple of, I mean, it's the closest thing to a sure thing with those two guys, and they haven't panned out or they've been injured, and it hasn't worked, and they let, you know, uh, the guy from uh, who was there last year, uh, Degrom, go to Texas, which that was a smart move, because he's yeah. already out for the entire year, and who knows, maybe next year too with another more Tommy John. Uh, well, I also got to factor in uh, Diaz is not there. Diaz, Diaz, you know he he got hurt during a celebration, which sounds really bad, but after seeing it, like he didn't do yeah. anything crazy. It was really unfortunate yeah. what happened to him. It wasn't like a Martin Gramatica situation where he was acting like an idiot and hurt himself. So I feel bad for the guy. That sucks. Um, but it's like Scherzer and Verlander haven't been able to add what you thought they would add. You don't have the Grom. Syndergaard never really panned out. It's it's this is why when you have even if they're not names, even if they're not superstar caliber, even if they're not, I'm gonna be an all star starter. If they're good, sometimes it's worth paying them a little extra just to stay. If they're good team guys, was Jason Veritek worth ten million dollars a year back when the Sox gave him? Uh, the four-year, $40 million contract after they won that first World Series uh, in 04, was he worth $10 million a year? Not, I mean, at this in today's game, yeah, probably 10 or 15 Back then, no. Statistically, not even close. He was never a good-hitting catcher. He was decent at best, but he was a clubhouse leader, and you knew if you lost him, you were losing a lot more than just a guy sitting behind the plate catching a ball. You couldn't do it. And some teams... The Red Sox have forgotten that, by the way. Like, they've forgotten that. Like, anybody homegrown who becomes... I mean, this team at one point had Mookie Betts. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 um, uh, you know, uh, Devers. Ortiz was there for some of that. I mean, uh, J.D. Martinez's team was stacked. And now, you know, it's guys just being, you know, whatever. We're not... We can't, we can't keep you. We can't afford it, even though they can. And, uh, yeah, it's it, – if you're going to spend the money, make sure it's a guy who can come in and, and, and fit into what you already have in the clubhouse. Like, you can't just bring somebody in who's going to be like, well, I'm set in my ways because that messes with team chemistry. And I think that's what happened to the Mets. You have guys like Pete Alonzo who – Pete Alonzo's a damn fine player. People love him. He's a big bat in a big market team like Aaron Judge is for the Yankees. You know, you have to have those guys – and, and, and a big market team like that, and they have some good ones. And, and that makes sense. If you're going to pay him more to stay, that's cool. But if you go out and you buy the biggest bat you can in the offseason, just to put him in, in there with him, it doesn't mean the chemistry is going to work out. And baseball is such a game of, of chemistry and working together. And, and I think, honestly, of all the sports, it's probably the biggest, cause biggest proponent of chemistry uh, of any of the of the of the major sports, because you can put, you know, are they necessarily all best friends? No, you can put three or four really talented NBA guys in the starting lineup, and you're going to win sixty five games and probably have a shot at the finals. Uh, you know, you can put a stud receiver on a decent football team and have them lead them to the playoffs, uh, even if they are good, bad attitude, bad attitude. You know, sometimes it hurts the team not as much. Baseball. It, baseball players get in their head, their own head, 
like like no other sport I've ever seen. They are such superstitious creatures. Baseball players are. It's amazing. And if things aren't perfect or one little thing is off, it throws everything off. And a lot of teams spending a lot of money are finding that that out. Will it ever change anything? No, because last generation, I could say generation, but when we were growing up, you had the A's. You had the team that would restructure everything on every turn to make everything work, and, and they they bring in somebody at the trade deadline and not be able to re-sign them because they didn't have the money for it, but it helped them get to the playoffs, and they'd win a series here and there maybe, and that was good. Then you had the Rays, and the Rays took that and, and you know ran with it and got to the World Series and damn near won it a few times. And um, I think they've been to three that I can remember. And it's just like, it, it, but their payroll is never that high. And it's the same like, like the Reds and the Diamondbacks. Right? I don't know what the Diamondbacks payroll is. I know the Reds is like one of the lowest in baseball. And uh, yeah, they're 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 middle. The Arizona, they're, I got them twenty first. Okay, so they're not they're not high spenders either. Like they they traded away some good pieces also. And apparently got enough back in return and drafted well enough, and we're careful with their money to the point where they're 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 now in first place in front of a team that has one of the most ridiculous payrolls you'll ever see in the Dodgers. Uh, will it end that way? Who knows? Dodgers are going to be able to make a run. They they have the talent, but they also have some injuries. And you've also seen too. You trade for these players, and then you have to start paying all of them. It, it it's a little bit different because now. Oh, I've been here and I've been helping this team win, and I made twenty million less on my contract than this guy. So even though I'm not going to complain about it, I'm kind of wondering why I'm not valued as much as this guy is. But, you know, and, and that happens. And it, it, it's it's ego, and I mean, in some cases, it's legitimate questions. Also, it's not always just an ego or a problem with the player. But it, there's so many different things to manage, and and, and it, it really baseball really shows you with records and stats and numbers, who knows how to manage that stuff the best and who just doesn't get it and keeps signing checks. And those teams are usually not very successful. And the ones that know how to manage people and players are the ones that consistently uh, uh, perform. And, and, and as much as I hate to say it, that's one reason the Yankees have been so successful throughout their history. They've had ownership that wants to compete. They will go out and they will sign their own players to massive extensions, massive contracts. They'll go get free agents that are the same way, but they also keep a core of solid players that are clubhouse yeah. leaders. And yeah, we got to pay them a few million more, but you know what? It's better for our team, so let's do it. And that's what they do. And and, and so many teams get a taste of victory, and they forget that. And uh, then you have a lot of big market teams not performing like we see right now. And your point about the, the Diamondbacks... I'll ask you this. Does this sound familiar? Uh, you know the kid Corbin Carroll? Yep. Heard about him? Came up, high prospect. Started off like a house of fire. He's 22 years old. They uh, they signed him to an eight-year, $111 million contract. Mm -hmm. They bought out how many years? That was one, two, two guaranteed free agent years. There's a club option for 20, uh, 2031. So maybe three years they bought of, of free agency in this deal for $28 million. And maybe at that point when that contract is at that point, $28 million isn't the same. It, it isn't as, as much of a 
burden for a team as it potentially could be right now, especially for a team like Arizona. And that's a model they're taking from a certain club in Florida, mm -hmm. which is interesting to see if we can start, if we start to see this more and more where understanding it's a gamble for the player that, okay, I might outplay this contract, but as we know, Baseball contractors are guaranteed. He signed. Now it can be restructured. It can be maneuvered. But Corbin Carroll is going to get $111 million by 2031. Yeah. He's going to get it. It's guaranteed. Or I should say probably 2030 with the club option probably doesn't factor in until 2030, well, until they pick it up. But he's going to get $111 million. So whether he gets injured tomorrow and has a career ending injury, that's a gamble the club made. Yep. For the cost certainty of six million dollars this year, three million dollars next year, five year five million in twenty twenty five, instead of pre arbitration dollars, which would have been two hundred K, three hundred K, four hundred K, whatever the dollar figure is, going through arbitration for three years, which you know, if you read, read up on the stories about how arbitration... Oh, yeah. Never a good go process. Into it, it gets ugly. Yeah. The, teams are, the team and the players are, are fighting because you're fighting for a dollar figure. It makes this cleaner. Mm -hmm. But the team needs something out of it. The team needs years of free agency. The team needs... Well, you might, play out, you might outplay this contract, but you might not. So... It's a risk on both parts, but it's a calculated risk by the player and the team. And I wonder if we start to see this a little bit more as the Rays have been doing this for years, so it's not a mystery to them. It's it's a mystery if teams can get their players to do it, get to that you know age 30, 31 season. And then maybe before then you make that trade to, to kind of get your investment back because your team's not in position or the contract's not as appealing or, or in some cases the player, the player outplays the contract and just makes enough noise to, to make a trade happen. We could see this with, uh, with, uh, De La, De La Cruz, right? That's his yeah, name. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, we could see that with him in, in, in Cincinnati. And if I'm Cincinnati, I mean, I'm trying all the stops to make this happen. Oh, yeah. To, to make that contract. Yep. He's already hit for the cycle, Chris. He went four for four yesterday. Four for four. Either yesterday or the day before, he went four for oh, four. Kid's dynamic, man. He's dynamic. That's for sure. He's got all five tools. Yep. So, you know, that's it's like 20, 21 or 22. Also, he's super young still. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, outfielder, hell of an arm. Like, he's got it all. So. It's smart for a team like that to make that kind of investment. Uh, and I can see the Reds at some point trying to get that deal done. Um, other teams need to start doing this. They need to start investing in their players. And, you know, I, I if I'm going to point out one player for our team, I, I think Brian Bello needs to, needs to try to be locked up. So that way yeah. they have him for a decent amount of time. And... And really, that's going to be the anchor of the team when finally, Chris, 
David uh, Chris Sale's contracts up, and they could stop, you know, handing over money to. No offense, but washed up starting pitchers that were good five six years ago. That yeah, unfortunately, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Just don't have it anymore. I'm like, great, James Paxton's pitching good, but for how, how long? long is that, how <laughs> yeah, long is that gonna last? exactly. We've seen this before. So, yeah, we absolutely have. But um, I think I think that's the next guy that. You know, he's got he doesn't even have a year of, of service time yet. He's twenty four years old. I think that's a perfect scenario where you put a nice contract in front of him and say, Hey, this is what we want to do. And if he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it. But this this these are the kind of things you need to do as a team. If you want to build a fixed cost each and every year for your budget, so that way you can know how much you can spend on free agents. Like you said, you need to build a foundation of a team. And I imagine if we went through every team, we're not going to go through every team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's having success. Don't worry about that. But if you looked at them, there's a lot of they built a framework. They built a structure. And I think prime number one case is the Atlanta Braves, and they just yeah. had this. Yep. They they paid their players, their homegrown players. That's who, and they went out and they go they got Matt Olson uh, because they made the decision to move on from Freddie Freeman, but their pitching's starting to either come back healthy or live up to the expectations. Their offense is crazy good. It, it's it's the way you want to build a team. He, here's the thing, Chris, where we're where we're at in the season. And, and we've already hit our midway point um, of 82, 81 games. Um, so teams should know what they are right now. And this third, this third wild card spot, um, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's, it's entertaining the thought of a team staying in the race. And that's where mistakes can happen. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the three wild card teams right now. Okay. In the AL, and it's Baltimore, Houston, New York. Got the Blue Jays two games behind. Obviously, the Angels you talked about are four games behind. The Sox and the Mariners are five. Cleveland's five and a half. And I think we just cut it off there. Um, Tigers are ten. I, mean, I think they're kind of out of it. Um, I think if if I'm those organizations, I'm talking about the, the Guardian and the Angels. You need to decide. Do you have a? Do you have pieces to sell off? Let's start there. If you don't have pieces to sell off, there's no reason to have conversations about trading people. Right. You can listen. Absolutely, I'll listen. Uh, if I'm the Red Sox, I'll listen. Um, I'll listen if they want to take Kike or or Verdugo or. That's the kind of player, though. That it's like they they have trade interest, but like, is it someone you're going to break the bank for? And for the Red Sox, is that someone uh, like Kike? Did they see a future with Kike? He's he's last year of his deal and Verdugo's in arbitration too so he's got I don't know if he's a super two or not 
I don't think so. I don't think so. No, he's not. He's he's so he's got one year of arbitration, and then he's a free agent. So he's players like that. Like you have to make a decision on that. Is Kike? Is it worth? Is it worth trading Kike for something that's going to benefit you next year, or not? And you know, I, I go to the Red Sox because that's the roster I know off the top of my head. I I, I don't know if Mariners have anything that they want to trade. Uh, same with Guardians. The Guardians have some, I would say, older pieces, but their pitching is what's kind of failing them. Uh, I'm sure you're aware the Guardians pitching has has failed. Yeah. Uh, Shane Bieber <laughs> and and uh, Plesak's kid is got shut down shut down to the minors what, a month month and a half ago, and Bieber's not the same as he was before. So no. So they're they're, they're but the Cleveland has Jose Ramirez. That's a piece that a team could say, ooh, that's maybe not a middle-of-the-order bat in the eyes of what you would expect, but he's a very nice bat to add to your your lineup, and he's pretty good at third base still. So that's the kind of player you're looking at. Like is in, in Cleveland, I think Cleveland and Seattle are in two different spots. I think the Red Sox have pieces they could sell off, but I don't think they're anything that anyone's going to break the bank for. That's just my personal belief. You can disagree. and But we already talked about the Angels. I think the Angels absolutely should do that move. But turn it over to you, Chris. What do you think about just the Blue Jays, I think, are should buy if they need it uh, because they're close enough and they're right there. Um, but I think... The other four teams should look long and hard at what they should do. Which which other uh, you mean? I'm looking, uh, the four the teams, the four, four teams after the Angels or after the uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, those. Oh, four in teams. front of Cleveland. Okay, I got you. I mean, if 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 we're if if I'm the Angels, and you know. If I'm the Angels, I trade Shohei. Um, I don't think I, I don't I don't know if it'll happen or not, but I do I move him. I start selling because Trout's out again. With I mean, and, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to fault anybody for being injured. Nobody Trout would rather be playing than be out hurt right now. Obviously, same as last year when he what was it, an ankle or, or a knee or something last year. Oh Had him on my fantasy team, and it, 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 he started out the year like he always does. When Mike Trout plays, he's he's a game breaker. He's effective. He, you never you never see Mike Trout play and be like, oh, that guy's underwhelming. Um, even if he isn't hitting, you know, like a house of fire, he's still playing a solid defense, and he's still you know he still brings a certain energy. Um, but this is the second year now where he's faced a a a, a multi month absence, and the year before. Uh, I believe in 2021 he got banged up a little bit also. Well, didn't miss as much time, but he wasn't there the entire season, I don't think. Uh, so you have to say to yourself, we have Trout. Um, as fair or not fair, if there's injury issues, you're not going to get market value for what you think you owe for him. Shoei's at the top of his game right now, and he's still under... under uh, as ridiculous as I think it is that 30 is the barrier, I really think it should be more around like 34 to 36, uh, because there's plenty of players that still perform very high in the early 30s, uh, especially when you add the 
differential for how the game has changed. Uh, before, 300 was a good average. Now, if you hit 260, you're a hero. Um, Although, that's starting to shift back the other way. I hope so, because it's really like a fundamental thing, and it's it's not fun watching a game where there's 15 strikeouts every game because guys are chasing balls with their eyes. It just isn't. You need more discipline. That's what makes that game fun. Uh, we're supposed to be watching the most elite players in this sport, and you're watching guys do things that I do when I'm playing MLB The Show. And uh, that's just not fun to watch or see your team spend money on. You know, when you have when you have people out there busting their ass to be able to bring their family to one game a year, and, and you got a guy making $25 million a year who, who can't hit a single but can pop 40 home runs, it's like fundamentals. Where the hell fundamentals go? Anyways, um, yeah, I trade Shohei only because you're at some point going to need some return for your investments, and you're going to need young guys to develop, and they have some decent young talent. Uh, Rendon has no trade value. Uh, and, and he has a big contract still for the next couple of years. You can't do anything with him. Uh, Trout, you don't want to get rid of, but at, at some point, if he can stay healthy, you know, if he comes out and has a healthy, you know, uh, he's 31 right now. If he comes out next year and has a full healthy season, perhaps you try to move him to get something back for it. And Shohei, with the Rendon and, and, and Trout's contracts, you're probably not going to be able to... Um, to, to, to move him uh, or to resign him and kind of bring in any role players or pitching that's going to help you also aside from Shohei. So uh, unless you're just determined this guy's going to be a career angel or give him whatever he wants and we'll go from there, we're going we're gonna to take our highest paid guy and then we're going to backfill it. All right, great. Good, give it a, good luck. But it's what you've been doing for the past 15, 20 years and it hasn't worked. Um, so if I'm them... I, I'd start selling. Uh, twins? I mean, to be honest, I think they're more on the upswing than they are with some of their young talent. Um, they're kind of a tough one. I mean, because their highest, their highest paid player being um, Correa... I'm sure he has a no trade clause. They're not going to be able to move him. They're not going to want to move him. And he's really the only thing that I think they would get anything that's going to help them in the next couple of years if they were to move Correa. Um, so if I'm them. Wins are winning the division right now. Well, I'm looking. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at the whole. At, oh, I, was, I was looking at purely the wild card. Hold on, let me get there too. I was, I was assuming. There it is. Okay, hold on. Sorry about that. Uh, there we go. I was like, wait a minute. Why are we talking? Wild about card. Okay, card? never mind. That makes more sense. Your list then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, it, and I'll just piggyback real quick on the Angels, Chris. I'm looking at their 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 um, payroll right now. I'm looking at from Carlos. Estevez, uh, Aaron Loop, Hunter Renfo, Tyler Anderson, Shohei Itani, Anthony Rendon. Those are all their current top paid players. That's two, four, six. I try to trade all of them. They all have value except for except for Rendon. And Trout. You didn't say Trout, did you? Uh, Trout's, I'm counting him as injured. Oh, okay, okay. So, obviously, he's not getting traded, but, um, you know, uh, all the, those players are. 
Uh, I'm trying my best to trade them. A um, couple of them are advanced age, but they're, they're showing something. Estevez has uh, actually got pretty good closing numbers for them. Obviously not doing a lot of closing uh, for them as much as they would like, but uh, he's got good numbers. So I think you, you your point was exact. Like, where Where is the finances going to come if they just dump all the money on Shohei and to pay who else? Right. They're already paying... They're already paying garbage as it is for players that they need a youth movement. Just look at the roster. They need a youth movement. They need talented young players to come up and fill roles. And they have some guys, but they just, it's not enough. And they have Hunter Renfro who's having a good season. That's, that's like, that's the ideal piece I'm talking about. Like he's got value. He's got a skill set that's productive even if it's just hitting outfieldings, we've seen the outfielding in Boston with him. Not great, but not bad. Okay. He's got some hitting. So that's the kind of like ideal player I'm looking at. Like the angels are an okay team. They're just not, they're just not good enough. That's just, that's all I'm saying about the angels. Right. They're no, it's not it, good it, enough. Take all these players Make separate deals, except for Rendon. You're going to have to tie Rendon to Shohei and hope you get a good return on investment. Yeah, and they've been just good enough, no matter what they've spent, ever since they won the World Series against San Fran back in, what, 2003? Yes. I mean, that's that's what they've done. They they, they went out and they got Pujols and after the 2004 season, and that and didn't – what's that? And they got Josh Hamilton too. And they got Josh Hamilton. They got a bunch, and they, over the years they've had a bunch of players, offensive player, uh, uh, batting wise and pitching wise, uh, and uh, it it hasn't led to anything other than missed playoff appearances or one and done in the playoffs. So this whole thing they're doing of just bringing in high priced players. I mean, obviously Trout was homegrown. That's different. Otani they brought in, that's different. But, you know, we saw it with Pools, who had some very nice seasons in the with the Angels, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. the same as when he was with the Cardinals. Wasn't the same guy. He wasn't the, the hitting machine, Albert Pujols. Like he, I mean, the most feared bat in all the game, and arguably the most feared bat I can remember in our lifetime. The guy could hit a single if he needed to or pop a home run if he needed to. I mean, it, he was just, for a couple of years there, he was just, God, if you saw him come up to, bad against your team and the game was on the line you were just holding your breath and uh he was very good with the angels most of the time but he wasn't the same uh same with like you said hamilton came in and that was a mess um they've had pitchers like uh you know for some reason i remember at one point they thought jared weaver would be the answer or uh they dallas keichel came in or keichel came in and, and and you know, he'd had some success other places, didn't really pan out and and with with uh the Angels and, and they just haven't been able to put together anything because they take a guy who's had a good year or two instead of a proven track record and they either pay him when he's too old or they pay a guy that was clearly a product of the system to come in mm-hmm. and, and not perform. Um so I think we said all we need to say about the Angels. I'll move on to the other guys. Yeah. Uh Toronto was actually above the Angels. I missed them because I was looking at the wrong uh, wrong uh, list. Um, I mean, 
can sell off some member. I mean, obviously, you're not going to trade Vlad Jr. Uh, you're not going to trade the guys who are really the core of that team going from an under 500 team to a playoff contender. You don't want to trade those guys, but there are some ancillary pieces you could you could move. Um, so you see them as a seller, not a buyer. I see them as opportunistic. If the opportunity is there okay. to improve okay. the team legitimately, not just make a move for the sake of making a move, okay, we'll do it. If not, we'll kind of go with what we have, and what they have should be enough that the pitching can hold oh, up. Absolutely. Uh, should so be. I mean, if I'm them, it's like. I look at it as we've kind of underperformed the first half of this year, which sounds crazy because they're six games above 500, I believe. Uh, I'm looking at the right. Uh, yeah, they yeah, are. 46 and 40. Yeah, six games above 500 and only two out of the wild card. Um, and, and honestly, if it wasn't that Tampa got such a hot start, it'd be like they'd be right there with them. So, I mean, I wouldn't really affect that too much. The Red Sox are – they're the worst decent team I've ever seen. I, I don't understand how you're it. Put that. What's that? I was wondering how you're gonna yeah, put that. I don't I don't get it because you look at the people on that team and it's like this team should be good. Yes, but they the chemistry be. isn't there. You don't have Veritech and Trot Nixon and Bill Miller and, and Mike Lowell. You don't have guys like that on the team. Uh you don't have I certainly don't have a David Ortiz, one of the all time great clubhouse leaders in the history of the game. Uh still the guy walks in the door of the Boston clubhouse. He's the most respected guy in the locker room and he hasn't pl- he hasn't suited up in six years. I mean, that's great for his legacy, but it's problematic for the team because you have all the money in the world. Don't let John Henry and his BS go fund me so I can go buy another soccer team stick fool you. The guy is loaded. We could have kept Mookie. At yep. this point, what he wanted would have been a value for Major League Baseball contracts. We could have kept Xander. Mm-hmm. but they decide to keep the guy who I think is the least sure thing of all three of them in Devers. And I love Devers, but there's something about his body type and his body structure that just makes me think that in five years, he's going to be, uh, uh, um, uh, Prince Fielder. <laughs> like he's going to have health problems because he's, he's, I don't know. It's something he doesn't look like an athlete. It's weird when you look at him. He just looks, he looks like a giant baby. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a condescending way, but he's got like the chubby cheeks and he doesn't look like an athlete. Whereas you look yeah. at Mookie and you're like, that dude's an athlete. That dude can go. Look at right. Xander, you're like, that dude can go. And they did in Boston. They performed at a very high level whenever they were here. We didn't re sign them. And the, I think the only reason Devers got the deal he got as quick as he got was because there was a damn mutiny from Red Sox fans. Like, ticket sales were down, and then he wanted to raise ticket prices also. Yeah, that's great. Trade away all our homegrown talent, raise ticket prices, so you can have your damn vanity projects in, in, in Europe. That's great. Yeah, do that. We care about that. We want our team, the Boston Red Sox, to be competitive. Uh, so right now, uh, with the exception of Devers and some, you know, whatever young, talented pitching we have, I'd say if you want someone, make an offer. Let's rebuild the farm you... system. If we're gonna if we're gonna be mediocre, let's be right. mediocre with young guys in the farm system who are learning the game, who are going to be able to help us be competitive. We don't have, and I say this in a sports term, we do not have a killer on this team. No, we don't. We do not have a guy you look at and go, All right, I know he's a two eighty hitter, but like when Mike Lowell came up at the end of a game, Mike Lowell was never gonna be confused with David Ortiz. 
But you knew Mike Lowell knew the game, and you knew Mike Lowell knew situations, and you knew that guy was a good majority of the time you were going to get either a great at-bat, even if he got out, you are going to get a great at-bat, which wore down the pitcher, or you were just going to get um, you are going to get a clutch hit, you know? Um, and, and then you had your guys like Ortiz, who were the killers. I mean, God, how many times from random Tuesday afternoon walk-off home runs to the playoffs, no matter where it was, if there was a clutch situation to be had, the last guy you wanted to see against your team was David Ortiz. We don't have that now. I, as a fan, when David Ortiz came up with the game on the line, when the pitcher had to throw to him, was like, oh, dude, we got a shot. And not just, like, a lucky shot. Like, this guy knows how to hit in this situation. I don't feel the same about Devers or anybody else we have on this team. There's no killer on this team. There's no guy who's going to go out there and pop 45 home runs and is going to make the pitcher pay 9 out of 10 times. We don't have it. We did. We shipped one off to L.A. and we did another one walk to, walk to, well, I don't know. I wouldn't actually put Xander in that category, but Mookie was sure there. Mookie's a former MVP. Mookie was a killer, and they let him walk. And I know people out there are saying they might not like that phrasing, but I'm talking about just, like, guys who are zoned in, guys who you fear, guys who know the game. Like, they're going to kill the other team when it comes time to do it. We don't have that. We don't have anybody even approaching that. Pedro was a killer. Pedro would go out there, and he'd, he'd oh, seven, seven shutout innings, strikeout 15, and you weren't even touching that ball. He may as well have been throwing smoke. We don't have that. Yeah, Bello had it all near no hitter the other night, and that was great. And he looks like a hell of a young pitcher. Yeah, well, that's a long happens. way to go before he's in that category. But you know what happened, right? What's that? The defense, the defense failed him, and then it fell apart. Oh, shocking! I know, right? Our but defense, I, we had one of the stellar defenses, and then all of a sudden we turned into a nothing, nothingness. Sad. As I was a Red I Sox, say, I'd sell. I'd yep. sell. I, you know, I. Yeah, just get out with whatever you can. Obviously, you're not going to trade. You're not going to trade Devers. You don't want to trade the Bello or any Keaton Young yeah. pitching. But no. if somebody wants Kike, take him. Somebody wants Verdugo. Verdugo is good, but he's not the guy that's going to get us over the hump. And we need, uh, unfortunately, we need three or four guys like Verdugo who are going to be consistent and steady. But we can't get that without trading pieces to get multiple pieces in return to hopefully get those guys back to have them down the road. It's, it's, it, it's a mess they found themselves in and, and yeah. ownership has no one to blame but themselves. Um, and what's the last team here? The fourth team, Seattle. Uh, if I was Seattle, I would, I would, I'd stay pat if I was Seattle, honestly, I, I wouldn't, I'd much like Toronto. Uh, you have some really talented young players. Uh, you have Julio Rodriguez, who looks like all the world to be one of the, oh. Guys, along with like Wander and Tatis and Soto and guys like that, who are going to lead the game into the next generation. Um, despite the fact that it seems like the Padres want to get rid of Tatis, I have no idea what's going on there, but that was a mess. Um, I I just stay where I am, honestly. Like you're not you're not spending lavishly on any of these players and they're young guys who are learning and they're developing. The worst thing to do is go trade some young talent because they're trying to develop and learn. And then they do learn. And in two years, they're an all-star helping another team. And you have the memory of a guy you traded for as a rental for four months or three months to try to be competitive that one season. That's not what the Mariners need. Like it's not what the blue Jays need. Um, and the other two teams on this list that I mentioned, the Red Sox and Angels, have seemed to have lost their way in how they used to develop players. And uh, so if I'm either one of them, sell, whatever, sell. 
get good pieces back. I mean, be careful. Don't just give them away. But right. get some good pieces back and say, we know we're going to be mediocre for three or four years. Let's have it be with young guys who are learning and can be better as opposed to veterans who this is all they're going to do. Like, do it. Like, It's not like all of a sudden Hernandez is going to turn out to be a 350 hitter popping 40 home runs. He's not going to be David Ortiz all of a sudden. A nice piece, but he's not getting us over the hump now, so trade him for somebody who might down the road. I mean, you kind of have to. Right. It's not a pretty situation they find themselves in because you can't buy your way out of this. The, the only thing I would say on um, the Red Sox, Chris, is I think Yoshida's probably uh, staying. Uh, I don't think they have any interest in trading him. But oh, the kid, oh, the Japanese the guy they got from Japan, yeah, the Japanese kid. Yeah, that'd be I, forgot, I honestly forgot about him. I haven't. I uh, when I moved to New York last a couple years ago, I don't. I don't get the Red Sox games. I haven't seen a yeah. lot of them. But yeah, no, yeah, him too. Yeah, keep him. Build around him. He's been. He's done a really nice surprise. But other than that, Chris, like him, and, him endeavors on the active. Let me be very clear. The active roster are like the only two players that have long term contracts. So, I would say. Anybody else, even even Kenley Jansen, if if there's a decent price, because Kenley hasn't been bad, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad. But I definitely would listen for every single player. I think the biggest indictment of this team, and I heard this a while ago, and it's not not me um, me knowing it firsthand. Justin Turner is probably the leader of this team, and he just got here. Like yeah. he just got here. The leader, of the, the leader of the team should be Rafael Devers. Yeah, exactly. Homegrown but guy, just, biggest contract. Right. Yeah. You can even argue Alice Verdugo or Kike because Kike has been here for a few years. Uh, but Yoshido and Devers are not going to be your standout leaders because unfortunately for both of them, there's a language barrier, uh, not just between the two of them, but probably with the rest of the team, because I know uh, Yoshida has a uh, translator, and even Devers still has a translator. Uh, the rest of the roster is just full of... Jared Duran is like a enigma right now in my mind. It's just I don't know what he's going to be. So maybe there's pr- promise there, but at the rest of them, just if there's a good offer, take it. Take it. And 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 I was just peeking. Let me be very clear. I have no idea about the the Mariners, um, and I know they're fourth in their division. But man, I I, I would look for bullpen help. The surface their their closer is not like a shutout, you know, shutout closer. He's blown a few saves. He has a pretty decent ERA for a closer. We're talking Jansen, right? Uh, who the I'm talking about the the Mariners. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Mariners. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry if I didn't know it was clear. The, I was, I'm talking about the Mariners. Uh, I would try to get bullpen help slash a closer. That that's what I would look at. Sure. Don't touch the don't touch the offense. I think you brought up great points about them. Uh, I think the offense, especially with Julio Rodriguez, I think that's where. You can help your team by just adding some bullpen pieces that won't cost you those blue chip talented prospects that you maybe you're coveting 
or those major league young players that are helping your team right now. That's what I would do there personally. Um, and Cleveland, Cleveland, I would just start selling pieces whenever I can. Uh, it's, I don't think, I think it's an uphill battle for them and it's better if they start to try to reset part of the roster now than to continue this navigating middle of the road kind of idea that's not going to work personally. I, I just, it's not going to work for them. I think they need to start really resetting the roster. Same with the Red Sox. I think they need yeah. to start resetting this roster. You, you, if you get any buyers for Jansen, Turner, Duvall, Verdugo, Nick Pavetta, Christian Arroyo, Rob Rusnider, Cutter Crawford, I don't care if they're on pre-arbitration, arbitration. If someone shows interest in them and they're not in a two to three year plan as part of the future of the roster, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Package package them together to get a better prospect if you need to. Right. Make the deal. But and, and if they don't make deals that make the team better, and they go into the offseason with this roster minus some players, Hein Bloom's probably have to start looking for a new, new job because this this team is just not worth it. My yeah, I'll, I'll close on this. Quite frankly, I'd be fine with Pine Bloom finding a new job. I was very excited when he came in, all the all the all the praise he came with, but it has not panned out. Nothing personal against the guy, just you know. Ever since Theo, we've had a comedy of errors in that role, and Theo was chased away by up oh, management, the same management who's letting all of our pieces get sold off to the middle middle of the rank bidder. Um. Oh shit! What was I gonna say? Uh, fuck. God damn it. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. And I mean, you know, I'm gonna go back to something I said about the Eagles a few years ago when they first started recording. Remember all the issues the Eagles having with their receiving core? Yep. They had they had guys who were good four or five years earlier. Uh, but they were injury prone and they weren't on the field and the, you know, well, they can't do this because they have these guys. And when these guys come back, they're going to get injured again and they're not helping the team win. I don't care what they did before. You know, they had all Sean Jeffrey who was fantastic in his prime, uh, but he, he was on a downswing and he was injury prone and he, he couldn't do it anymore. And I said, you know, it doesn't matter how good your bench, your, your players on injured reserve are. That's great. It's 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 money you can't spend on other players, and they don't do you any good on the bench. They don't. It doesn't matter what their name is. Like, and I think the same thing about like the Red Sox prospects. Yeah, okay, where they are in arbitration, how many years they have left, what where they're ranked as far as prospects go. That's great. They're not helping you now when they get up to the majors. And, and I'm not talking about like a prime time prospect still in the minors. I mean the guys they're bringing up now, like a lot of the guys you just mentioned, and they're not doing what they thought they would do, how they thought they would perform. And you, you can't just hang on to guys like that. Like you, you have to at some point say, like you said, hey, these three guys might help us to a 500 record. 
uh, we can trade them all for this one guy that can come in and develop and be a game changer. We can develop him into a killer, into a guy who other teams fear, whether he's a pitcher or a batter. Doesn't matter. Like, it's it's great to have the years of arbitration and all this stuff and, and all the other nonsense that baseball contracts entail. Um, but if they're not helping your team win, doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's great to have them on the bench or to have what-ifs. What-ifs don't win games. Performing wins games. And... There's a lot of guys on this Red Sox team, man, that are just not, not. I I have zero excitement when I watch this team play, and I love the Red Sox. I'm not. We both do. We're not trying to dog them. It's just like as a fan, you watch it and you're like, I'm not excited by any of this, considering there's two guys in the NL West who were all stars. One was an MVP for us, who we could have afforded. We could have kept them both, and we could have still resigned Devers. We have that kind of money. So, so you got to pay a little bit in luxury tax each year, maybe, if you don't get under it. Okay, fine. You're going to be competitive. You're going to sell jerseys. You have a happy fan base. There, there's no buzz around this team at all. There's no excitement. Like, it's it's the craziest thing in the world. I went I went up to Boston, I think it was some point last year, and I went to one of the areas around Fenway Park. I felt zero excitement walking by that stadium. And before, it's the craziest thing. Even in the dead of winter, you walk by Fenway, and I, you could feel it. It was an energy. It was a special place. There's no joy in this team. The way they've handled it the last five, six, pretty much since Ortiz left, has been abysmal, and it's been torn apart and put back together with bottom-of-the-barrel role players not even guys who didn't get an opportunity who could come in and really prove themselves like a David Ortiz. Remember, David Ortiz was a throwaway player that other teams didn't even want. Pedro talked Theo Epstein into giving Ortiz a chance. And one of the most clutch players in baseball history and and one of the greatest players in Red Sox history is, is what we got out of that. And I think the original deal was two years for $3 million. And um, so if it's out there, listen to your players. Listen to the guys that no, Pedro was not going to recommend that guy just because he was a friend. Pedro recommended that guy because Pedro knows the game and Pedro saw right. something special. And you got to go by that too. But we have an ownership that's if it's not our idea, we don't like it. So throw it away and, and let's, you know, we'll, yeah, they went and got the guy from Japan. Awesome. Right. Really panned out. But let's not forget how many, how many experts were saying what a waste that was when they did it, what a poor move that was. So they went against the grain and look, it worked out. Do that a little bit more. I'd be yeah. fine with this team struggling with young players or uh, struggling but learning and getting better. I see a team making the same mistakes and just spinning its wheels and not going anywhere. And that's really frustrating because we've watched this team that didn't win a World Series in 86 years win four in the past 19. And that's pretty damn amazing when you think about those numbers. And uh, and almost make it to a fifth if it wasn't for, you know, blowing a game seven against uh, the the Rays in the ALCS. I think it was 05 or 06. But this team just needs a spark. It needs something exciting. It needs somebody. And you look out and you see all these teams, all these teams that have multiple players like that. And, and it's not always the highest paid guys. You can have a you can have a firecracker or a spark plug for the team. That doesn't make forty million dollars a year. Oftentimes, it isn't those guys, and um, 
I, I just I don't I don't know where this team goes in the second half, but they they did better not bringing in so many bad bullpen, so much bad bullpen help like they did in previous years. They did better this year, and you know they they went and they did some different things in the off season. Hopefully that trend continues and we got a competitive team that we can really get behind. But as of right now, that team is like, it's like I don't know. When you when you find a fishing spot and you pull up and you just see a fish already laying there like lifeless on the ground or like that dead fish, it's like yeah, it's a fish. I don't want it though, like it's just laying there. It's not doing anything. That's a terrible analogy, but I don't care. It made sense in my head. It's it didn't okay. pan out. It didn't. It didn't come out right the way it did in my head, but it's fine. We're gonna roll with it. Here, here's 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 where we're gonna end. the The promise for the Red Sox is is in the future of the prospects I'm looking at baseball america top 100 right okay if they have, we have four four players in the top 100 four it's pretty good yeah no uh, but none of them are projected to be here until 2024 we have the number four prospect in the, in the nation marcel meyer and unfortunately he's in double a right now not triple a now, can he be jumped from double A to major league? Absolutely. Should he be? I, I would argue you guys might want to think about that because we have a problem at shortstop right now. And and he might be able to solve it. I don't know. Maybe it'll ruin him, but what's the other option? Is Kike continues to play shortstop? That doesn't work. Uh, the biggest problem I have is the fact that the Baltimore Orioles have two, four, six, eight, nine prospects in the top 100. And they're second place in the division. They have one of the wild card spots right now. Yep. So not only are they, are they winning with the talent they have in Major League roster, which, you know, uh, what is it? Adelie Rauschman. And then they have another kid up there that's, uh, um, what's his name? Can't think of it. He's it's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, they have another kid up there too that uh, uh, is pretty good. But he's there. Neither one of them are on this list, so those guys are already major league roster players that are contributing right now, and they have more more kids in the pipeline. Obviously, you don't need all nine of these guys. But that does two things for you. That allows you flexibility to, for the future, to let guys go in free agency and plop, put these guys in position. Or option number two, make those trades so that you can get a talented player for position X or position Y mm-hmm. to help your roster. Where the Red Sox are sitting, they got four guys. One of them might be really, really good in uh, Mitch, uh, Marcelo Meyer. The other three, they're in double A or, or single A, not projected to be here until 2024 or later, and there's no pitching prospects for them. This is a problem. This is a problem that's going to continue most likely. What they need to do is what we what we are, are still are, uh, illustrated. Go take these players you have on your major league roster that teams look at and say, that's a nice piece that we can add to our championship potential club. What will we be willing to give them? Maybe they give you the 99th or 90th 
or 88th uh, top prospect in America. Maybe they give you the 120th and you can change that person's uh, direction into a top 100 or an impact player in the next two years. But you won't know that because you're giving time to Nick Babetta, who's, I think he's is what he is. Cutter Crawford, it's a nice bullpen piece, but he is what he is. There's no one that excites me except for Devers. That's it. But I know what Devers is. And he cannot carry the offense, not by himself. And Yoshida is a nice piece, but he's a nice piece on a championship team. He's not a number three hitter to to anchor your 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 lineup. He's just not. No. And your pitching right now is Brian Bello, who's been in the league service time wise. He hasn't hit a year, but he's been in the league like off and on for the past two. two two or three seasons and your your defense is built on smoke and mirrors so if a ball is misplaced you're you're putting your your pitcher in a tough position so that's that's the promise the red sox have for the future it's got a couple bright spots but if they miss like this is this is recent history chris if they miss on one of their big prospects, they're setting themselves back. Yeah. They had, uh, what was it, uh, Jason Groom. They drafted top five a few years ago. And when I say few, it's probably like four or five years ago. He's It was a miss. He's not he's not moving up the, 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 the system if he's even in the system anymore. This is a problem. And like I said, I looked at, I'm looking at all the, the teams, even the Yankees have a couple in the top 100. The Padres still have a, a few players in the top 100. It's like, even if you go out and spend the money, you can still build your farm system. Yeah, you don't need one just, or the other. You can do both, yeah. Right. You just you just need to be smart about it. The, the Rays, the Rays, Chris, the Rays have four in the top 100. And they could trade one of them, and they'll still have top talent. Like that's that's where I'm going to leave it off because I I could go on for another thirty minutes on what the Red Sox are doing wrong. Man, it, it's frustrating, but I think uh, man, I think we'd both be psyched if we we turned on the news one day and saw that the ownership had put the team up for sale and they were going to oh. move on. And got an owner in there that actually – it's so weird because in, in one sport, like with the Patriots, we have one of the best owners in the game, like in Robert Kraft, who has said before, like, like money isn't an issue with him. I mean, there is a salary cap, but, like, he'll spend he'll spend every last time to make his team competitive. He doesn't care. And even, you know, some of Belichick's methods of bringing in old guys and working and, and putting them – working them in other positions, as we saw last year with the offense, just didn't work. Kraft isn't afraid to say – in a respectful manner, hey, look, we need a we have a young developing quarterback. We don't have Tom Brady who can go on the fly anymore. We need we have we need structure. We need to bring in an offensive coordinator. We need to improve this. Uh, the Red Sox ownership is the exact opposite, where it's like, well, as long as people are still buying tickets, well, you know. And I'm sure it's not that cut and dry. I'm sure they want to win, but it's it's clearly clearly not the number one priority. And as a fan, especially of uh you know what the ticket prices are to go to red sox games or at least they used to be they probably drop now 
well, there were for a while. It was like going go. I remember when you and I we could take us to go to Fenway, man. It was it was it was it was an all day thing. If it was a night game, we were psyched about it. We'd be talking about it. We'd be texting back and forth. It was this and that, and it's like I haven't even looked up ticket prices in two years because I'm like, there's nothing on this team that's going to drag me out of my house, go through all the rigmarole of parking at the T station, getting on the train, walking the Fenway, dealing with the crowds, uh dealing with all the nonsense when the game gets out, waiting for a half an hour before you can get back on the tee. And now it's summertime, so it's hot out. To get back on that train to come back, to travel an hour and a half, well, now it's about two or three hours from where I live now, the tea station, where I usually went. Um, meanwhile, I've been to a Patriots game every year since 20, since uh, with the exception of 2020, because they didn't have games, people people in the seats that year in, in Gillette. Um, I've been to a Patriots game every year the past five four or five years without a problem even though they haven't been competitive because well well the last two they have been but they haven't been you know it is what it is it's certainly not like it was a brady but and i gladly spend that money and i gladly i gladly take that trip because it's still fun and i know ownership cares and i know the coaching staff cares and i know the players care and even if it's not the the performance i want to see on the field i don't feel like i'm setting my money on fire when i put it down for tickets and um Unfortunately, right now with the Red Sox, that's kind of what I feel like. And hopefully it changes. All right. That is going to do it for episode 206. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben, I'd love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or Instagram, Ben and Chris Talk and if you haven't done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and ask your friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next time. Thank you.